Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Revival is just as high as the sky for this city and for this church. Amen. Amen. If you could turn with me to the book of Judges, chapter 6. Chapter 6 and verse 11. Amen. Give honor to my wife. She's not here today. She puts up with me on a day-to-day basis. And uh, she had uh, some other obligations she had to attend to and planned uh, before uh, being notified to come here today. Um, Give honor to her. And uh, I just, I just love the Lord, don't you? I really love the Lord. I would not be the person I am today without the Lord. Judges chapter 6 and verse 11, it says, And there came an angel unto the Lord and sat under an oak, uh, which was in uh, Ophriah, and pertained unto Joash, the Abiezrite, and his son Gideon, threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then all his this befallen us? And where be all his miracles which our fathers told us of? Saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? Now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Last verse of the scripture today. And the Lord looked upon him and said, go in this in thy might. Everybody say, go in this thy might. Could be a tongue twister, huh? (laughs) And thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not... I sent thee. Mm. Um, something I've been dwelling upon for the past uh, several weeks in prayer and in in Bible study um, is uh, insecure warrior. Insecure warrior. I wonder if you could lay your Bibles down. And uh, before we start this service, I want you to help the preacher here today. Amen. It's not that you're praising the man behind the pulpit. It's that you're building faith with your praise and worship today. And there's people in this world that don't even have the liberating word of God. But I've heard stories upon stories. I've been in jail cells. I've been in prisons. And when you just mention one scripture, they get excited for it because they're hungry for something that can solve it all. Amen. So when the word brings forth here today, you're going to be the amen, right? Because the promises of God are in the spoken word of God and the response from God's people. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord right now? Let's give them a a high praise here today. God, we thank you, Lord, for what we feel. God, I pray that, that you will liberate us today, not to be shy, not to be mundane, but God, we are going to agree with the word of the Lord this morning. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. 
You may be seated in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we see here, I want to I want to backtrack here today a little bit on uh, the background of where we're at in the portion of scriptures in Judges chapter 6. Um, you, must, uh, you must understand here today that it all began with, um, when it comes to the tribes of Israel, it began with Jacob and, and, and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Jacob referring and changed his name to Israel. Um, Jacob had a son by the name of Joseph, which we all um, know that story. The, the, the young man with a coat of many colors, and he was favored by his father um, and betrayed by his own, his own brethren. A very good typology of Jesus uh, when he came uh, to this earth. Uh, but we, we must understand here today that Joseph had two sons. He had Ephraim and he had Manasseh. And there was a day that Jacob, the patriarch of faith, amen, the man that was favored by God. And he was, he, uh, he was um, a part of this heritage, if I can say, that God had his eye on, amen. And there was a moment where Jacob, uh, ironically, was dim with his eyes because, because of his age, similar to his own father. Father Isaac and 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 Ephraim and Manasseh were little young men that little boys that that came from the the legs of Joseph and it was time for the blessing of the Lord to be transferred unto those children. Amen. I want to stop here and tell you that there is such a thing as generational blessings when it comes to the kingdom of the Lord. Amen. There is such a thing when a mom and a dad lives righteously and lives holy and is faithful to God and his kingdom. Don't you misunderstand or misread in this idolatrous world or this world that says that's a bunch of made up stuff or that's just a fairy tale. It's not a fairy tale. Can I tell you that every faithful moment that you spend with God in his house, there's a blessing stored up for those that are under you. so glad I see, uh, I'm sorry to pause, Vanessa Barrientos and her husband um, is so glad to see you here today. Why don't you put your hands together? It's our missionary's daughter, Noe Barrientos' daughter. Amen. Amen. So we see here, there, there, is a, there is a blessing that was being transferred, but because of the dim of his eyes, he could not see well, um, but, but I believe we'll find out here that he was in the spirit of what he was doing and and he had he had presented them and 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 Jacob put his right hand the the that represented the authority of the transferring of the double blessing going to someone. Um, it represented um, uh, the anointing or or the transfer of said before. So we, we see here how he puts his hand on Ephraim, which was the younger generation, was the younger brother. And Manasseh, by culture, by tradition, it was the eldest, it was the firstborn that would inherited more of the birthright and the blessing more than any other children in the family. And Joseph takes his hand on Jacob's hand and said, and I'm going to paraphrase here today, Dad, you, you can't do that. I, I know you can't see well, but your, your hand's supposed to go on Manasseh. And he, and, he looks at jo, and he looks at Joseph and he says, No, son, this is right. My hand's supposed to go on Ephraim. 
because Ephraim may be the younger, but his seed's going to be greater. But don't misunderstand here today. He goes on and scripture says that Manasseh also will be great. Manasseh means, um, the root of that word means causing to forget. If you go a little further, it means to be uh, neglected or, or forgetting. So we find this supernatural moment. And after the blessing of the Lord was transferred, it goes on even as, as Jacob's health progressed worse and his age and he got older that he, there's a moment in scripture towards the end of Genesis chapter 49 and 50 that he presents, he has all his children surround him and in sort of a prophetic uh, utterance or a prayer or a foretelling of what's to come, he looks at every single son and tells them this is what you're going to battle with and this is going to be in your future and, and he gets down to the line of Joseph and, and Joseph seems to be this fruitful bound he, he tells him that you're going to produce much fruit and the favor of the Lord is upon him and because of Joseph's faithfulness in his trials right in his persecution in his very own neglect the blessing of the Lord still came to that son can I tell you that just because you live for God doesn't mean it's going to be an easy road. We're going to have ups and downs with this walk with Christ. But you must understand that every moment that you go through a hard time, you're going to come out with double. You're going to come out with more and you're going to be stronger than you were before you started a process. So bondage is in the land. They forget. Uh, Jacob, they forget Joseph, and there was a Pharaoh, and I won't get into that details today. We've all heard about Moses, a man, a stuttering uh, uh, prophet, a stuttering man of God that 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 uh, went to a people that uh, was not forgotten by God. And just because he had a disability, it just shows the sovereignty and the power of God Almighty that he chose that man of those issues and that stature and of that past that had the biggest jailbreak and humility humanity's history and he gathered millions out of bondage millions out of sin's hands they go through a wilderness they go on a journey I want to emphasize on the word journey here today could I tell you uh, it was on a blind journey they were going on you must understand that the Lord could have easily sent them from point A to point B uh, I remember in sports our football coach taught us he said you want to run the fastest run in a straight line and it was so embarrassing brother Christman when when they had to record us you know uh, I came from a big big high school football area up north and uh, we were serious about high school football amen and one of the most embarrassing things was is that we would run down the, the upstairs hallway of the high school during uh, conditioning season, and we would run after school, uh, and he would record us. Our coach would record us. You ever see yourself sprinting down the hallway? It gets real awkward when that film's presented, amen? My problem is my coach says, man, you're too tight up top. Loosen up. I said, it's these broad shoulders. They won't loosen up. <laughs> But he taught us. He taught us. He taught all the players. He says, if you want to get to the destination the fastest way possible, you got to run straight. Well, their problem is they weren't running straight. If you, 
if I had a map here today where they started and where they ended up, it looked like a big roller coaster at Cedar Point. It went everywhere. But the powerful point, the powerful thing is, is that it was a straight line to the promised land when they started. But that was not the Lord's will. Sometimes we have to take the back seat in this thing called life and we must understand the season that I'm in, I've got to glean from it. I can't neglect or forget, but I have to glean from the wilderness that God is, is ushering me in. I can't become enamored with uh, the, the bondage and the issues that I have, but I have to stay focused on the promise that was given to me. Come on, you don't understand why you, you were diagnosed with this or why you lost this or you're grieved with this, but you can't be stuck on the insecurity of your past, but you must understand if the Lord gave me a word, come on somebody, if all I just need is the Lord to speak and that's what I'm going to follow. It doesn't matter if I go straight, I go left or right, I know I'm going to end up where God wants me to be. Amen. They're on a journey. They weren't on uh, GPS plans. Praise God, I don't know what I'd do without GPS. I don't know how y'all did it with maps back in the day, where you just had this big, massive map trying to steer. And, you know, I, I don't know what I'd do. I'm directly challenged already, you know. I just, But this, this was like a journey because these people had spiritual amnesia constantly crying. There's a reason why the Lord brought him through the wilderness because he told Moses, I'm going to take my time here today. Is that all right? He told Moses, we're going to go somewhere. He told Moses and Aaron, he told them, he said, if you take them the way of the Philistines, they're going to see war and they're going to backslide. Because why? The moment it gets rough in a season in our life and you put the foot before God's foot, Come on, somebody. You you advance your own blessing. Come on, somebody. You advance your will over God's will. He, you're not ready for that will. We need to not trust in our own ambitions, our own plans, but we got to trust in the will of God. They, 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 they see war because there was chains, there was insecurities, there was a sinful past that they still were warring on the inside. They, they may have been in church today, but there's still some things they're wrestling with. Come on. It, it's, it's like the, the woman that had the twins in the womb. It, it was Jacob and Esau. There was nations that were wrestling inside of them. And tight is your flesh and the spirit of God. Well, preacher, I don't understand why I'm Holy Ghost filled and I'm still struggling with these things. I, I got baptized 10 weeks ago, but I, I see a little change, but I don't see a total change. Can I tell you that you're in a war? It's that simple. It's that simple. Can If witchcraft can be one of the works of flesh, what puts a 
put it past that. I'm having struggling with my my speech and and, and cursing and, and all the things that I know is unclean and is unrighteous. But you must understand just because you have the Spirit of God on the inside of you, it's not going to be an easy path in front of you. That just means you've got to fight harder. You've got to be uh, more steadfast even more. You've got to be faithful even more than you were the day prior. Why? Because we are fighting a war, not out there, but only within ourselves. So Moses only takes them so far. And then Joshua comes along. And I'm going to fast forward, and we're going to get to Gideon here today, one way or another. We may just be on a journey in the sermon. <laughs> but it, Joshua takes over, and and if you really study and read scripture here today, Joshua, there, it wasn't that his leadership was greater than Moses. But you must understand all those people with the past and the bondage, 400 plus years of bondage. They get led through this wilderness. They go through the Red Sea. They, they, they see the manna. They, they see the miracles. They see the wars. They, they see all these supernatural things happen on their walk and their journey with God. But, but they had so much faith attached to a man that was leading them. Don't misunderstand me here today. We need men of God leading us to the promised land. But it was never meant or supposed to be that our total faith and our salvation was placed in man's hands. But it was placed in God Almighty's hands. But, but Joshua, he was successful, I think, in one area. Is that he always reminded them what God had done. Joshua, take those stones. Put them in the riverbed. Take these things and remind the children. Rehearse in their ears what they had done for their forefathers. What, what's the principle this preacher's trying to tell you today? If you forget where you came from, you don't know where you're going. Come on, if something's breaking here today, I'm going to keep preaching at this. If you forget where you came from... You don't know where you're going. We got to remember what we were before the grave. Come on, somebody. We got to remember what I was, the state of mind I was in when I was lost and I was undone. But I got to remember the day that Jesus came to save me. This journey with God, you don't get quieter on God. You get even more on fire with God. Because last time I checked, he said, I'm going to spit the lukewarm out of you. But I come to let you know, I'm not going to be cold or lukewarm. But I'm going to be on fire till the day of glory. Come on, somebody. We got to remember what Cambridge used to be. We got to remember what this church used to be. If you see around here, I see a full church here today. You got to recognize that God is on your side. Come on, clap your hands if you believe that here today. Hallelujah. Well, there I am, Dylan. I'm getting sweaty again. He told me before I walked in the church, he said, last time you got real sweaty, real hot. 
Bro, it happens every time. We see here that they conquer with a shout. Everybody say with a shout. He takes them before the people. They shout. They they go their rounds. They, they obey the exact instructions of God and of Joshua. The walls come tumbling down. There's a divide of inheritance. And we see here that you can tell the sons of Joseph really glean and really benefited from this inheritance. And, and you will see Ephraim was blessed and Manasseh was blessed and all the tribes. They, they divided according to the word of the Lord. And it was something that was a great thing. But the moment that Joshua Joshua had passed away. The Bible mentions even when the elders that were with Joshua had gone on. There is a generation that knew not God. Woo. Can I tell you there's power in Bible studies in the home. Woo. Come on somebody. There's power of prayers in the home. It's good that you come to church on a Sunday. Come on, somebody. I'm coming to where you're at here today. But it's good that we come to church on a Sunday and we check off the box. I, I went to church. I lifted my hand. I shed one tear today. I, I'm not making fun of worship here today. I'm actually pointing you to it. But it cannot just be locked in on a Sunday. But there's little ones. There's, there's an atmosphere that you create at home. Because if they go astray, they know where to come back yeah they knew not God it was a issue that's the problem we're battling with in the world today we got people that know not God Woo. that's why you gotta stand for truth that's why you gotta stand for holiness. You gotta stand for righteousness. You gotta stand for faithfulness in the house of God. You gotta stand for the things of the kingdom. Why? Because you're building a generation that's gonna be on the forefront of the end time revival. You're building a family. Come on, somebody. You're building a family that's gonna be God's army in this end time. life and what I think and what I do and what I say has to be God. That's why he, Jesus, it was the principle, if you want to follow me, deny yourself and take up your cross. Uh, there's got to be a severing when I come to God. I can't have one foot in the world. I can't have a mind flirting with the things of the world and yet moving towards God. You can't move anymore when one leg is landlocked. But there's got to be something in you that says, you know what? That thing, those things never helped me in the first place. I'm cutting you off today and I'm turning my way and I'm walking with Christ. principle here today. You can't flirt with it. There's got to be a dying out of self. You'll find life when you lose the one you have in your heart. You'll find life in Christ is what that means. You'll find a greater peace than what the world can offer. 
you'll find a greater joy than what the world can offer. There will be a sense of assurance when you start walking with Jesus in your full capacity. There, there will be liberty in your mind. You won't have to battle with anxiety or depression anymore. You won't have to battle with sin and bondage anymore. Secret sin that only the preacher knows about or the preacher doesn't know about. You don't have to battle with these condemning emotions when you fully put both feet and you walk towards Jesus. When you walk towards God, that's all you need to do. You may not have it all together here today. Those disciples didn't have it all together. All he wanted them to do is follow him. It's that simple. Living for God is not complex. It's not hard. You don't need to be a rocket science to figure it out. All you need to do is turn from your way and follow him. Because guess what? I may came from sin, but he's making me a warrior in God's kingdom that cannot be reckoned with. Hallelujah. Find here that in scripture, the children of Israel, because they knew not God, because there was a generation that had no clue of God. God had to raise up judges. And when you read the book of Judges, you find constantly this statement in scripture. Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. Therefore God did X, Y, and Z. Meaning that, that it was sin that they had committed that thrust them in a season of bondage or turmoil, and God allowed it. Like the preacher said this morning, it's not that God tempts us, but he does test us. And more than anything, he wants to dwell with you in eternity. When you pass on to glory, he wants you, he wants to say to you, well, good, thy faithful servant, enter in, in the joy of the Lord. He wants to say these things to you. He wants your name to be written on the Lamb's book of life. But you got to want it. You have to want to get to it. We find uh, throughout scripture, God is raising up judges, but the judge we're going to talk about today is Gideon. We see in earlier in scripture, um, um, previous, prior to what we read today, uh, we see here that Israel, again, like I said, did evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Midian for seven years. And verse 2 says, And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel. And because of the, uh, the Midianites, the children of Israel made dens, which are in the mountains and caves and strongholds. Come on, somebody. I find another scripture in Hebrews in the New Testament that the world was not worthy of these men of God or these prophets that, that hid in such places, that dressed in a certain way, that was contrary, that was assault or was the light of the world here today. But, but they, they were driven in such oppression that they scattered. They began to scatter. And the Midianites, they destroyed the increase of the earth. Um, they left nothing for the Israelites. They took the sheep. They took the ox. They took the donkeys. They took every way of anything of commerce that they could make money or produce money or make a profit or gather a, a harvest for food and, and dwelling places. They took where they dwelt. They took what they had. They totally, it was a spirit of oppression. Hallelujah. 
Spiritual oppression means when you come in the house of God, you feel good, you feel freedom, you feel holy, you feel righteous. I repented today. But when you walk out those doors here today and you go by the house, there's some devils waiting on you. Woo. That's spiritual oppression. It's not that you gave in, but you're in a war here today. That's why you've got to have a prayer life because you've got to come out of this place and live the life when you came into this place. But can I tell you, when you make that foot towards prayer, come on somebody, when you make that step towards fasting, when you make that step, not only reading my Bible on Sunday, but I read it in my house in the morning before work, can I tell you, these are the weapons that God has given us to take authority over every spiritual oppression. <clears throat> it took it. It took it all. You ever felt like that way here today? Just everything stripped from you. A bad choice, a bad decision, a bad relationship. It's just all taken away. Can anyone attest that here today? You just, you're just, you're, you're, you're in a destructive cycle of sin. And, and even yet the more when they saw the, the enemy, they, they saw all the camels like grasshoppers. They saw them like the African desert when the locusts come by and destroyed all the harvest. But can I tell you, these were not little insects here today. These were um, warriors that were trained up to help the battle, to help the war and be a pennant for, for the enemy. All the camels that could not be numbered. In verse 6 it says, Israel was greatly impoverished. They were in a state of pure poverty. But, like scripture always teaches us, when it comes to living a life of sin and being stuck in bondage, God has always made a way out. He sends a nameless prophet. He reminds them when they were out of Egypt, like we talked about. He reminds them when they came out of bondage and were delivered from the hand of the enemy. And this prophet comes and, and tells them, you would not listen, you would not obey. But the next scripture, it, what follows judgment is mercy and love. And the next scripture says, and the angel found Gideon at the wine press. Woo, come on somebody. He found a man that was born in poverty state. He found a man that was the least in his own father's house. He found a man of the tribe of Manasseh. We're neglected. We are forgotten. I am nothing, but I am the lowest of the low. He finds a man behind the wine press at the threshing floor. Just barely getting by. You ever felt like that? Barely just getting by. Not only am I barely getting by, but I'm hiding myself from what God has called me to be. I'm barely getting by. He was beating that harvest. He was beating it. But can I tell you that the normal threshing floor was out in the open. It was somewhere that you would have to beat it to get all the husk and all the dirt and all the intertwined things that's in that harvest. And then you will lift it up and the wind would blow. No, 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 no. He was so at a, such a low state. He was so impoverished. He found himself under a tree behind a wine press. It's interesting how the judge before him 
Deborah the prophetess was found under palm trees will represent a place of counsel she was full of wisdom but we find this insecure man that's called to be a judge he's called to be a deliverer for the children of God but he finds himself under an oak tree secluded in a hidden place hiding from the enemy but can I tell you that oak trees represent strength and stability come on can I stop here that there's some things hovering over us that we've yet to grab but we must understand I've got to fully buy in to the word of the Lord because that which is above me shall become who I will be Woo, come on somebody Come on, I know what you're going through may not be the final destination and that's the way you have to treat it. But you must understand, I've got too much prophecy. I've got too much promise and I'm not going to stay behind the white press, but I'm coming I'm out among the stuff and I'm going out and fighting a war. Gideon was found behind a wine press. It's interesting here that I find that how Gideon had, had, had a conversation with the angel and when he did he was talking to him he says whether it was remembered or reminded by the prophet or he personally remembered somewhat of the stories that were passed down from generation to generation he had a little conversation with the supernatural he had a little conversation with a heavenly presence he said he said where be all his miracles which your fathers told us of did not Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and deliver us into the hands of the Midianites. He, he was saying, he said, okay, I heard what you did for my great-great-grandfather. But why am my, my, my children and my people battling with this problem? It wasn't a fact like in Joshua or Moses' day, they had spiritual amnesia. He clearly remembered what God did for him, but it was a matter of a why. Why am I going through this? Why is there so many issues? How many have thought that here today? We have God, we have the word, we have the power of the Holy Ghost, but why am I still going through? Why is my family in chaos? Can I tell you, it all started with sin. You must understand that this is not God's problem. This is a sin problem. And, but we must never forget that there is a gospel that can take care of that sin. There is a message. There is a truth. There is a man that can take care of the issues of this world. Yes. Why? Why? Why did this happen? And the Lord looked upon him and said, go in this might. Can I tell you under the sound of my voice? Every single person here today, I prayed over this service. I believe in the Holy Ghost that there is a might that this church is going to walk in, but it's waiting for the church to take the step out. Come on, somebody. There is an anointing over us here today. There is a strength. There is a stability. There is a calling. But there's got to be a Gideon here today. And believe what the Lord has said. It's just not a prophetic word. It is the word that God has a great harvest and revival for Cambridge. 
things. Not only is my tribe forgotten, not only have we living in a state of neglect. I mean, I only one can speculate, Brother Christman, that day that, that he didn't get the blessing, but Ephraim did. I don't know if that mindset was passed down from generation to generation, but I find a correlation here today. We find that own tribe in an impoverished state. We find them backed into a corner, and now he's calling a man full of insecurity? Secure. 
I come from a neglected state. I come from a secluded part of society. No one wants me. I'm barely getting by. This was the mindset that this young man was paddling with. Uh, but, but he finds himself with enough food to present this angel with that can feed a man for a day. find yourself on a Sunday, you're crying, you're repenting, you're worshiping, you're giving a sacrificial offering. But something inside of you still doubting the prophecy of your life. Uh, It's one thing that people battle with insecurity in the kingdom that they somewhat believe, but they don't wholly believe. It wasn't just one meal. It wasn't a breakfast, a lunch, or a dinner. He gave enough meal for the whole day. Only God knows how long it took him to get that. They have nothing. Nada. It wasn't that he went in the kitchen somewhere in the house and started slamming all those those pots and those pans and gathering everything he could and just made it know Gideon knew who he was talking to. Gideon knew what presence he was in. It wasn't just something that he went inside the house and gathered all the substance. No, he he intentionally knew, I'm in the presence of the supernatural, and I'm on the something. Uh, There's something inside of me that somewhat believes the word that was given to me. And can I tell you that because of his insecurity, he still is a little discovers that he's talking the supernatural Lord face to face and the Lord says be peace be unto you fear not thou shalt not everybody shall not die he goes before he's afraid of his own men he tells him okay go to this go to this altar your people have served a false deity. They've served Baal. I want you to go down, hew it down. I want you to cut it because of his insecurity, right? Because of I'm a nobody and I'm just lower than low. I, I, I'm a little afraid of my own elders and my own people. I'm just going to go in the nighttime and go. He goes in the nighttime. He cuts it down. They find out it's Gideon and his father stands up for him and mockery responds. He said, if Baal... Okay, if this such was a serious thing that my son cut this altar down, cut this false idol down, let Baal contend for Baal. Let Baal take care of the one that made this destruction of this false deity. And from that day, they called him Drubal Called him a name that Baal means Baal contend for himself. He goes on and in the next chapter here today. He goes on in chapter 7. And, and the story continues how Gideon arose in the morning and he, he was pitched as he pitched uh, beside the well of Herod. And, and he's in this place and he's walking in the supernatural here today. Still a little insecure, still a little unsure, but trusting God enough that, that maybe I'm on to something here in my life. And it was the Lord that said unto Gideon, for many uh, of me, there's too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands. Least Israel vault themselves against me, saying, my own hand has saved me, meaning 
He's saying there's too many men that's in your army because if you take out what I have promised you would take out, you're going to get so puffed up in yourself that you did it and I didn't. See, that's one of the blessings of being insecure because you're so insecure of yourself. But the moment that you take a step out on God, the supernatural follows. Because we find it that there's too many kings and too many judges that were full of themselves. But we're going to be on a journey here today, not to forget where you go, what you came from, but always remember what you came from so you know where you're going. Woo. Because I once was somebody before Christ, but now I'm a new creature in Christ. We can't have too many uh, souls in the kingdoms. We need Davids that have been neglected and forgotten to take on giants in the kingdom. We don't need Samson's in, in the judge's seat. We need Gideon's in the judge's seat. Woo. We don't need people that are full of themselves and think I could do it all, all by myself. But we need people that are humble enough and bow their knees and say, God, it's by your spirit, it's by your might, it's by your favor, it's by your blessing that I am going to live for God. identity crisis and music could come. There was a identity crisis with Gideon. There was something on the inside of him. He says, I came behind from this wine press. I came from a family I believe has been neglected. There's nobody on my side. And now I have 22,000 men. Now I'm down to 10,000. And the Lord challenges and said, no, there's too many with you. Uh, there's, there's too much. How, how many have ever felt that when you came to God, you, you, you just, you're like, wow, I feel like I got to give up this and I got to give up that. And this has got to be cut off because it's the divine will of the Lord. He doesn't want you to trust in your own ability. He wants you to trust in his ability. It's the process of a warrior here today. It's a process of molding and shaping us not to be, have, I heard a preacher say, have a spine like a jelly worm here today. It's not, it's supposed to be a, a valiant men and valiant women in God's kingdom. They say, I'm just because I have a headache, just because I'm going through trial, just because I'm sick in my body does not mean I'm going to be unfaithful. It just means yet the more I'm still going to be faithful to God because he was faithful to me when I was unfaithful. He makes a fleece. This fleece was um, he said, God, if you're really speaking to me, I'm going to lay down this wool fleece and by the morning I want the dew to be upon the fleece, but everything around it and everything underneath of it, I want it to be dry ground. So he wakes up, he takes the fleece, he takes it off that ground, that wool that sucked up all that water. And there's so much water in that fleece, he just wrings it out and fills a whole bowl of water. And it goes on that he says, God, please don't be mad at me 
I'll just say this once. See, that insecurity that holds us back. It's, we, we begin to question the process. It's in the process we begin to, we begin to question that word given at the beginning. And I, I'm reminded of what Paul said in Galatians. He said, how, how, how foolish Galatians, how, 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 it's not wise. He's trying to say, he said, that you were born in the spirit. You begin with the supernatural. But now you're made perfect in the flesh. We must never question the supernatural hand of God on our life. We must never question miracles, the healings, the testimony, but there's got to be a generation, there's got to be a church here today that says, I'll never forget what God has done for me and where he's taken me to. throws another fleece down. He says, God, let the fleece be dry. Let this wool garment, let this wool uh, garment, let, let it be dry. And let everything underneath of it, let the dew be there. He wakes up again and he knew it was time. He said, okay, I got to buy into this now. I got to believe that God has called me to make a difference. And the question here today is, do you believe that God has called you, not your neighbor, but you here today, to make a difference? He goes on and, 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 and he says, no, you got too many people with you. Just take them down to this, this water. And, and, and the ones that, that swoop down and cup it with their hand and drink the water, those are the men that you're going to take with you. He had 10,000. Now he's left with 300. goes on and okay what else more confirmation do you need here today listen I know I'm 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 passionate I know I'm sweating up here bad but you must understand what I felt in the spirit what I felt in prayer for some of you here today how much confirmation do you need today God's long suffering and his mercy. He says, if you be fearful, Gideon, go down to the servant's house and hear what they have to say. Because of his insecurity, because of his doubts and his fears, he goes down to the house. There's a man that had a dream. I saw a barley cake. I saw this barley meal. It came up and it tumbled on the the enemy and it wiped them out. It's ironic, but barley was a poor man's meal on that day. It was something from an impoverished state. But I must remind you that the scripture says, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but it's by the foolishness that God uses to confound the wise in this world. You must think, I don't have no pedigree. I I don't come from nothing. No one in my family, no one around me has lived for God. I had no praying grandmother. I had no preaching.
future, my family, but I must understand, even in my impoverished state of life, God has called me to go from insecure, and he's called me to be a warrior in his kingdom. Come on, if you believe that, clap your hands right now. Come on, he didn't call me to live the low. He called me with my chest high. It says, I am a righteous woman of God. I am a holy man of God. I will be a warrior for God's kingdom. And he takes him out. I wonder if we can lift our hands here today. Come on, you may be here today. There may be some insecurities inside of your heart. There may be some doubts and questions in your spirit here today. But this preacher has come with a word of confirmation that you're here for a reason. That you're called by God. That you are going to be a warrior for God. Yes, that's the Lord that called you and no man. Yes, that's the Lord that took you by the hand and no man. It wasn't manufactured by your own thinking. It was God's word from heaven for you and I. to lift our hands right now one more time I want you to come down this altar if you're battling with insecurity in your life if you're battling with doubts you're battling with fears you've questioned God God is this really for me is this really the life I need to live is this is this really something that you call me to you've called me to overcome you've called me to conquer come on I want you to come down to this altar here today I don't care if you've been in church for five days or 50 years I want every saint of God to be drawn to this altar here today and I want you to cry out to God and say God you gave me the word and I'm going to stand by your word I'm not going to be insecure anymore but I am going to be a warrior for your kingdom I am going to do exploits I am going to live right I am going to teach Bible studies there will be one day I'll be behind this pulpit preaching the unadulterated truth of God I want you to know here today that God has called you Gideon to come up out of the wine press to be a warrior with in his kingdom come on lift your voice unto the Lord right now come on is there anything too hard for God have I not sent thee have I not sent you to this promised land? Have I not sent you to the supernatural? Have I not have I not called you to be a soul winner? Have I not called you to be a preacher? These are questions uh, that God is challenging us with. Have I not called you to be faithful? Have I not called you to be a warrior? I will be what you've called me to be. If I can have the ministry help me pray in this altar today. I'll say Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.